Time to pick up where we left off. Let's get started. Another race for the world's greatest driver, Juan Manuel Fangio. Former world champion Jim Clark leapt into the lead. That's Clark's Lotus going like a bomb. But James Hunt is the world champion by just one single point. By being a racing driver, you are under risk all the time. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. And that is Michael Schumacher ahead, the world champion. To become a four-time world champion, Sebastian Vettel, Lewis Hamilton, champion of the world. That's for all the kids out there who dream the impossible. Max Verstappen, for the first time ever, is champion of the world. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of F1 in Review, the episode and the hour where we continue to look at our hot or not rankings for drivers so far this season and look forward to the next round of this Grand Prix season where we go to Imola. I'm Tom Claiborne and I'm joined by Tristan Fancourt today. You can follow both of us individually on Twitter as well as F1 in Review. We do indeed have our own part. We do indeed have our own Twitter account there as well. So going on to our hot or not rankings, we are essentially looking at the Drivers' Championship as is. So Leclerc in first, as we know. And we're going down, and we stopped, or only had time for Lewis Hamilton, who was fifth down on the uh, Drivers' Championship. And we're looking at how they've done so far after three races. So Tristan, I believe you've made some notes on this. What were our scores for those who uh, weren't listening to last episode and don't really know what we're talking about? (laughs) Yeah, so, well, hot or not, um, we are ranking the performances, I suppose, of, of the drivers so far in determining whether or not their performances are hot or whether or not they are not. <laughs> and uh, we had Leclerc given a, so a, an A++, 10 out of 10 rating, with Russell having getting a 9 and an A, uh, Sainz a 9 and A- minus from me, Perez got a score of 8 slash 9 from you, Tom. Bit mm-hmm. indecisive i gave him an a and finally going to hamilton we this was really the first one where we were a bit split we had you giving yeah. him a seven with you suggesting that perhaps because he'd been so good in the past that his performance this year by comparison to his peak was only worthy of a seven and me mm. being i think more kind um giving him an a so uh, as just a quick overview of that table we have so far i think it's quite interesting that for me, for example, we have I've given Hamilton a higher score than Carlos Sainz, even though mm. Hamilton's lower down in the uh, driver standings at the moment before we go to the Imola Grand Prix this weekend. Yeah, and I think expectations are so key in this, aren't they? So subjective as to how drivers have been doing, aside from obviously where they stand in the Drivers' Championship. And I think Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, they've been likened and linked so much last season. And I think in terms of how I would rank both these drivers... I'm somewhat the same as well in my philosophy or thinking as the far that if you look at the table as is and you see Max Verstappen in sixth after winning the the Drivers' Championship last year so heroically and at the last minute, you'd say there's been a bit of a downgrade in terms of his performances. But looking at the fact that he's retired twice and if the Red Bull powertrain cars were more reliable and could finish a race, Mm. we could have perhaps seen uh, Max Verstappen there with two wins or at least a, a second place and a third place basically three podiums after three races. So 
in that regard, in terms of how we judge uh, Verstappen as a driver, how he's been performing, I would rank him as probably a nine, really, because he's won a race, he's been in and around the very top of the points, he's given Leclerc, remember, his money more times than not, and he's been let down by his equipment, as, as is with the Hamilton as well. Hamilton's done well, but been let down by a slower car, but a car that finishes the race, hence he's in fifth and Verstappen is in sixth. So, once again, it's due to expectations, and because Verstappen's been so close to winning races and winning races and has been let down by his equipment, which is kind of standard, really, for Red mm. Bull, it seems, in uh, years gone by. I'll give him that ranking, but uh, what about yourself? Well, all the drivers so far have been given a, a hot rating, I would say. Especially mm. well, from me, they've been, I think all the performances are very, very hot. Um, Verstappen, it's a bit ironic, really, that yet again, Verstappen is right next to Hamilton. Going into yeah. this season, I did not expect them to be so close. Max Verstappen currently has 25 points and Lewis has 28 points. So, again, they're so close. <laughs> but it's it's so dramatic uh, that Verstappen has got such a, a better class of instrument at his disposal. His car is so much better than the Mercedes. But it seems to be a glass cannon. In the fact yeah. that it, it cannot, well, it cannot take it at the moment. It cannot take racing at full pelt. Cast your mind back to his first DNF in the first race. His car ran out of fuel. In this next last race, it had too much fuel. It set itself on fire. So <laughs> it's it, real problems for Red Bull there. And to be fair to, to Max, that isn't his fault. None of this is his fault. And he did deliver us one of the the best bits of racing i've seen for a, a while since last season in fact which is really nice to say actually um mm. so yeah i i completely agree with you i'd give max verstappen an a plus i think he is probably second in the in the championship in terms of his raw performance i would say that he that's where he would be if his car had held up to um well the strain so yeah very much hot a plus you give him a nine i completely mm. agree with that yeah, no, it's nice. And I think going down from there, we've got Esteban Ocon, who, when you compare him to um, Verstappen in terms of finishes, you've got Mr. Consistent versus being let down by his equipment. And I think when you consider that the Alpine car is very quick, yes, but as we see with Alonso, and we'll get down to him, has serious reliability issues, I think Ocon's done a really good job there. 7th, uh, 6th and 7th is probably where you put uh, Alpine and uh, Ocon as a driver, I'd say, insofar that you've got so much talent and and better cars ahead of him, you wouldn't really expect much more than that, really. And after so many seasons gone by, especially when Ricardo was uh, his partner, he had such horrible reliability issues insofar that um, Ricardo would race away with points and be so far ahead in the constructors, and Ocon would be sinking down, not due to any fault of his own, really, but largely due to the instrument and the vehicle that he had at his disposal. So a turnaround there was so nice to see. And I think he's proving some of those doubters wrong. Many people saying that he's um, not good enough to be driving at the front of the grid, a reason why Mercedes dropped him from their academy, some say, and insofar that um, he had a bit of a hot head uh, in regards to his um, battle 
with Perez when they were both racing for racing points. And once again, as I say, Ricardo blew him out of the water when he was at Renault. So there were question marks about Ocon, I think, moving into this season and moving forwards, regardless of his, his young age and I suppose the prospects he has and the fact that he won a race with Alpine as well. So in that regard, I give him a solid 8 out of 10. I think he's done a smashing job. He's a worthy competitor to uh, Alonso, as we saw in Saudi Arabia. And I think he's doing a very good job in um, what is a very volatile car and uh, constructor, I'd say. Yeah, Ocon, I find to be hard to judge on his performance. Ocon's position in the championship standings at the moment is probably because we're so early in the season. I I can see him dropping down a little bit, I think. Uh, as as the season goes on, I don't know. Am I just being too harsh on him? I mean, I don't think I have any predisposition to dislike Ocon. I just don't think. No. I don't think he's done anything that has been that would warrant him to be in the top class, that A sort of pool of, of drivers. He's definitely a a hot driver, but he's down at like chicken tikka masala levels of spice <laughs> rather than you know the full you know Vindaloo Leclerc. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's been very consistent, as you say. He's not sort of uprooted any trees. He's just been quietly, I'd argue in many aspects, getting on with the job and getting the rub of the green when it comes to the reliability of the car. I, I would agree. I can imagine someone like Norris overtaking him. Definitely Valtteri Bottas as well, insofar that he's been really consistent with that Alfa Romeo. And then you've got uh, drivers like Magnussen, who's been uh, working wonders with that Haas car so far by the Australian Grand Prix. Ricardo as well, he seems to be after or looking at the last race in Australia in isolation on the uh, Pierre Gasly as well Alonso his teammate there's a lot of talent there behind him we were you know only a handful of points behind him and are very close so it's one of those where he's got a good start uh, Ocon if this was a sprint uh, and there are only three rounds or five rounds or seven rounds he'd be in fa- a fantastic position but as we know with there being so many 23 and this being such a, a marathon almost he set the bar very high and there's a danger that we could be looking at uh, Esteban Ocon at the end of the season or halfway through going well he had a great start didn't he and then unfortunately he fell away uh, in Austria in France in Hungary in Belgium around there and then he's sinks down to 13th 14th and those questions about whether Ocon really is um, the hot property that he was meant to be when he was at uh, Mercedes and being touted to replace Valtteri Bottas not too many years ago really rings true. So a good start, but he's got to keep it up because as McLaren will tell you from last year, it's one thing to be third place and doing rather well and winning at uh, at Monza, but it's another thing to finish the season in third place ahead of your competitor. Yeah, exactly. And actually in the Australian Grand Prix, he, he came in sixth behind Daniel Ricciardo, behind Lando Norris and, and all the rest. And yeah, I think I think Ocon is where he is because he hasn't had the the bad luck. And so that's why I'd put him as a, a sort of a B plus driver. I think perhaps actually with the some more upgrades that Alpine brings and as the car gets more reliable, you know, I might well upgrade him. But I don't think he's done anything that's pretty much wowed me so far. And he did last season. And that's the thing I'm holding him to account by his own talent. And that's important. I feel this season really is a make or break in many aspects. Or it's it's not a make or break, but a crossroads for him. 
if he has a really wow season and uh, continue consistently getting points and staying in the top half of the table, you go, well, this guy's a serious talent and Alpine or whoever they will be in the future may think, well, we've got to build the team round him. But if he falls off and Alonso overtakes him in the Drivers' uh, Championship and as well, you know, your Magnussons, Norris and all those that I've spoken about do likewise, he may be the right man for now, but then Piastri or someone else may be the better man for the future. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, moving down the list, I think we, we are now, as I said, approaching drivers which could go either way. And I think no one sums that up at the moment better, perhaps, than, than Lando Norris, who's sitting pretty in eighth place in a in a car that, well, I suppose eight's quite fitting, really, for, for the, the, the McLaren at the moment with 16 points. Tom, Lando, where, how do you rate him? Is he, is he hot? Is he not? It was a weird one, I mean, with McLaren in general, really, because after that Bahrain Grand Prix, we all said they're in trouble. I think we saw McLaren as well, that some of the comments coming out about them being vulnerable, about how their team principal saying, listen, we got it wrong in, uh, in in terms of the winter and people have designed better cars than us. We hold our hands up. But then you see those performances in Saudi Arabia and Australia as well, you know, 7th and 5th from Lando Norris. I expect more, sure, but that's because he set the bar pretty high. And I think if you're looking at the trend at the moment, being similar with Ocon, where he's now consistently getting points, I think he's doing well in a car that's not perhaps a championship winning car, as we know, or one that's going to be fighting too high for podiums as it was. So judging it on what we know and the standards of car and instrument they're going to have this season, I think he's doing a good job, but... As I say, I expect a lot more from Lando Norris moving forwards. So I just hope he can really drag that car further up to where it should be and drag himself further up as well because he's a better driver than Ocon. And if uh, McLaren don't make any upgrades as well, you think that they may be right for the picking as well because I don't think McLaren's too far away really from scoring themselves a fifth or a sixth or a fourth consistently and if they can keep that uh, reliability question down and we don't see too many more retirements from either Ricardo or any from Norris and I think that McLaren could be on for a solid season but it's difficult because when you look back at last season Moving into this season, you expected McLaren to be fighting for podiums and for and for race wins. But after the first race, you realise that it could be a bit of a topsy-turvy season for McLaren. And then he really needs to push on and make up for lost time after the first one, I'd say. So, a good job, but he's not blowing me away. No, he's not. But then, can, is it possible to blow anyone away in that in that McLaren? <laughs> Although, they, they, they seem to be quietly confident, I think. Not that mm. Norris is... Um... Yeah, not that Norris's interview uh, statements would back up that statement. He seems to be very much pessimistic about um, their chances. Or that that could be a massive sandbag um, from yeah, yeah. from the team because during the <laughs> during the interviews after the Australian Grand Prix, they said to him, "Yeah, is this the beginning of the uh, you know a comeback from McLaren?" And he was like, "No." No, 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 no. Fifth place is as good as it gets. It's awful. Fifth and sixth, terrible, terrible. Um, which makes mm. me sad as a as a big McLaren fan. I want to see them at the front. I want to see them fighting for uh, for points and for for big points. And I I suspect Imola might also favour them. I'm hoping it does because of its layout upcoming. But 
Yeah, mm. Norris, I, I think he's done well, actually, to, to hold on to a, a car that started out as a bit of a dog. And yeah, yeah. given how Ricardo's doing as well, I think we can see that it's the, the, the tools underneath them that's letting them down. I think, therefore, Norris hasn't had an opportunity to do good with with you know his talent and and being let down like that will put you in a difficult position and as a result puts me in a very difficult position because you know he he is he's not in my driver lineup on my fantasy team and i don't i'm not expecting him to get massive points now that's not his fault that's simply down to the car but therefore i kind of i kind of put him in the same place as as ocon so i'm going to give him a b I would say that unlike Ocon, Norris has yet to. Yeah, he's 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 been okay. He had that, that in Australia. He was getting past people like Lance Stroll, which <laughs> which I suppose is more dangerous than anything else and challenging, <laughs> challenging in a different way. So yeah, I give him a B. I think he's doing well yeah. with the car, and that's dragged him down a bit. Last year, I think he was doing much much better. He was definitely in that A category last year. So yeah, I'd say I'd say he's um. He's on the cooler end of, of of hot performance, but certainly nothing to be bragging about at the moment. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And I suppose moving down now to Kevin Magnussen, if you were to go and look at this performance in Kevin Magnussen, say in 2020 or 2019, you'd say this is pretty par for the course. But context with him is keen so far that he's been out of Formula One for many a month. Yes, he's been keeping himself fit and race ready in terms of doing other tournaments. But to come in and get yourself a fifth place, a ninth place, and then granted a 14th isn't amazing. But to get points in the first two races, in what is a good car. You know, the Haas look like they've designed a very good car. They've obviously put a lot of money into the development of this year's car after essentially abandoning the designing and the upgrades from last season. I think Magnussen, with that in mind, has done a good job. I wouldn't say he's uprooted any trees and so far that a fifth place is good, but then it's gone slightly down if you're looking at it in terms of a graph to ninth and 14th. So I would give him an eight. But that's because of context and what I was expecting. Because I suppose it's one of those where we're out of Formula 1 for a while. You go back in and we understand that Haas isn't going to be the most amazing car. I didn't predict it to be a, a, a stunner in terms of what it would produce. So I think an 8 or a 7 would be um, what I'd go for. What I'll go for, go, for? Seven, go for an 8. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's higher than you gave... Lewis Hamilton, so that's that's a big score right there. Yeah, well, um, I, expect, I expect the best from Hamilton, though, right? Not not from someone who's been out of the sport for a year or so. Well, that's it's such an interesting one. I mean, I gave him an A minus, which is where I gave science. So I, I, I I'm rating Magnus and his science as pretty much the same level of 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 performance, which I think is actually quite fair. They they both had their their moments of magic. Uh, oddly enough, both in Bahrain. And then in Australia, there was nothing to ride home about. Although Haas did actually admit afterwards that it was it was kind of their fault uh, because they'd set up the car just completely wrong, which is a bit of a shame, mm. really. Uh, but I've got high hopes for the Haas. Um, if, if you aren't following along with the news, Alpine have asked F the FIA to investigate Haas um, because of Ferrari's potential co-development with them. I mean yeah but they don't look anything alike i mean i don't know if you followed that tom i think it's a bit of an odd one um yeah yeah a bit rich perhaps from otmar safnauer to be going after a <laughs> has for potentially getting too much development with a car bear in mind he led the way with the pink mercedes um when it was he was at racing point but 
I mean, high praise indeed, I think, for the Haas team, though, if they're, if they're, they're ruffling that many feathers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think someone else in another sort of Ferrari-powered car and now driver who's done really well is Valtteri Bottas. I mean, look at that sixth place to start with. And then he was on for a good points finish in Saudi Arabia before there was reliability issues. And then an eighth place as well. I think Bottas is really showing his worth and there was no doubt that he's a very good driver insofar that he would often go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Hamilton in qualifying at least and do rather well but then ultimately would fall, fall behind or be told not to fight Hamilton or be told to slow down as was the case in one or two occasions but he's a really really good driver I feel for Alfa Romeo to have and they're proving how good he can be in a very good car I think really in that regard he's better than a 10th place I'd say He's very much not put a foot wrong in terms of races. The retirement was through no fault of his own. He didn't bend it in the wall and do a Latifi or anything like that. So I'd put him at around... I'd give him an 8 as well, really, because I think I expected a decent amount from Valtteri Bottas insofar that he's a very good driver, but everything seems to be aligning for him bar one race. And I feel he can go higher and is a huge asset, really, for Alfa Romeo moving forwards. Not only for the development of the car, but also the, the mentoring role he can have for Wang Yuzhou. Yeah, and, and that's that's a really good thing for him to be able to do. Step out of, of Mercedes at the right time. And he's played that brilliantly. And and into, I suppose, Valtteri Bottas 4.0, mentor Bottas, <laughs> a revenge of, of the Bottas. I mean, him qualifying in, in Saudi Arabia ahead of individuals such as George Russell and mm. next to his old teammate, Lewis Hamilton, was amazing. In Saudi Arabia, whilst Ocon and Alonso were fighting each other and losing time, who were sailing up from, from behind? Valtteri Bottas. He's capitalising on his momentum. And I think he's doing a... a a really, really good job. And so, yeah, he's, he's definitely coming alive. And I, I I really like Bottas this year. I think he's doing really well. I'm so pleased that he's he's picked the right moment to go to a Ferrari team. Because if he did it last year, it would be absolutely disastrous. And yeah. we we, yeah. we think that Ferrari have got sort of 10 horsepower more than, than um, what they had before. And, well, if you go by what Toto Wolff said, so Toto Wolff this week said that Ferrari have gone from 10 horsepower down to 10 horsepower over them. So if if you believe him, that's a gain. Wow. Yeah, I know. There's a gain of about 20 horsepower somewhere around there. So, and you know, that, that might be Toto just playing mind games, but I'm, I'm willing to believe it given the pace of Haas, given the pace of Alfa Romeo. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. given that he, well, you know, Bottas has had a bit of bad luck, you know, that's going to re reduce his score a little bit. But I, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him the same score as Kevin Magnuson, a minus, put him there with Science. I think they are doing really well. I think I think definitely Bottas is better this year than than perhaps Ocon is. And you might disagree. Mm. That's fair enough. That's that's your choice. And we'd love to hear, you know, your scores. Who's who's your favourite driver? Who's your pick of the talent so far? Thinking that, you know, that individual. And many of you might say Leclerc, and to be fair, I think we probably would too, but it'll be yeah, interesting yeah. to see who you're touting as you know some of the, the best drivers given the the cars that they're in, given I suppose what their maximum potential is given the tools at their disposal. But mm. under under Valtteri Bottas, I think is a bit more of an unusual name. You know, in eleventh place, Daniel Ricardo, Tom, he's I suppose 
given Lando's in eighth place, are you disappointed with Ricardo's performance, or is it a case of he's just been given a bad hand this year? I think the retirement really hurt him in terms of points when you consider that, uh, of course, he's going to be far below Norris when he's only had two races to his name, essentially. But I think with, with Ricardo, he's. He's had a sloppy start, obviously, with the fact that he's not scored points of 14 in Bahrain, but then he's done what McLaren have done, or he's on the same train or trend, insofar that he's now scoring points and was looking pretty competitive as well when you consider that, you know, in the last race in uh, Australia, he was um, qualifying ahead of Alpines, Hasses and Alfa Romeo, he wasn't too far away from his teammate as well, and was able to gain positions on that seventh place he qualified in. I'd say if you're looking at the last race, you go and say he's on the up, but once again, the start hasn't really been too good for Ricardo, and I feel it's quite important after that disastrous uh, qualifying uh, session where he's out in Q1 um, in, um, in in Bahrain and the fact that he's not come off of a really good season, as I say, take away that mit, that win at uh, Monza and I don't think really he had too much to write home about. You could particularly see that in the Drive to Survive uh, series and the documentaries and episodes they did about his time there. So the positives are it's going up for Ricardo in terms of performance, in terms of race results. Mm-hmm. It's not been a great start, so if we're judging it on those three races, you consider where Lando Norris is, you consider that he's had one year now to bend himself in, so the excuse of, well, he's getting to grips with the new car, etc., doesn't really wash anymore. It's it's hard to say he's had a good start to the season. The only hope is he can kick on from his position, so I would give him a five. Five? Five. Wow. Not a fan yeah. of of Ricardo, so I mean that must be a not hot category, right? Is this That's your correct. first not hot driver? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's uh, I I don't think I'm going to be that mean. I mean, okay, Bahrain, he caught, he 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 finished ahead of Norris, Australia, he land he he finished one place behind Norris, so. I, I think I think Ricardo is doing a little bit better than perhaps you give him some credit for. I'd I'd put him in the same place as Norris. I'd give him a B. I think I think his his performance this year has been adequate. I think he could do better. I really do. Uh, compared to him last year, yes, he's definitely not uh, doing quite as well. He hasn't had that spectacular moment. He he was a race winner last year, and yeah. we hope he will be again. Yeah, I but I give him a B. I would say exactly on the cool end of of hot he you know in that in that middle area um yeah not hot i think would be a bit harsh but you like to hold ricardo to account there tom you are you are particularly savage when it comes to ricardo <laughs> or maybe it's just because you hold him to such high esteem who knows but i do indeed but if do the indeed. next driver on our list though pierre gasly if i gave you his name last year or the year before i don't think it would take you long to explain why you put him your hot category but 12th yeah. place in the alpha towery yeah. what's going yeah. on with pierre this time tom well once again you've got the problems with the reliability of the red bull power cars i don't believe he's in the points but obviously a retirement doesn't help in terms of the standings but i think it's one of those where alpha towery just aren't up there with the hasses the alpines the alfa romeos as they probably were and you know exceeding them in many cases on a few occasions actually fighting with the McLarens and the Ferraris as well. So 
I feel the kit is letting Pierre Gasly down, and I feel that in eighth and ninth, uh, P finishes for himself at Saudi Arabia and Australia is probably par for the course, really. And two finishes from a Red Bull powered car is, is surprisingly actually really, really good considering that uh, often they struggle to finish. So um, I'd give him a, and because I expect good things from him, I'd give him a six. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. I think that's a that's a pretty good score for Gazi at the moment. Bear in mind, we are early in the season, and this is a nice thing, because when we look back at these later on in the season, we'll keep adjusting as we're going. Uh, but yeah, six is a great score, I think, for Gasly. Completely agree with that by your reasoning. I, I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him a B minus, I think. Um, I think certainly it's it's kind of that C plus B minus sort of sort of region. I'm going to give him the 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 benefit of the doubt because of his previous performances and yeah I, I think the unreliability is has been a bit a bit uh problematic for them this year but this is the thing about that the brand new seasons when we get these big changes in the cars and the big changes in the engines and you know we, we're gonna get this weird year or two years uh, of the development curve where you're gonna have these big breakdowns and actually i think it, it it sort of says something about the alpha tauri situation when directly underneath gasly is is yuki sonoda a driver yeah, who true. has well it, it sort of not done anything either i think um yeah I, I would say for me you know he's scored four points and he's he's certainly finished races but he's not done anything that's sort of excited me i don't think so far um, I mean, he's come a long way from last year when he was really the the bane um, of of <laughs> yeah. AlphaTauri, and he he was the thorn in the side of them because looking at his performance over the year, he kept crashing, he kept causing problems, he kept swearing on the radio, he uh, ruined the qualifying for the Red Bulls uh, during the Mexican Grand Prix uh, qualifying, and so. Yeah, he's come a long way from from last year, but given his performance in Formula Two and the reasoning for bringing him into the sport, I would say that yeah, he's he's kind of he's not done anything yet that I would say has cemented his position in Formula One, and for that reason, I'm going to give him a C plus. You might be asking, well, why are you going to give him a C plus if he's just behind Gasly? Um, the answer is I've got to draw a line somewhere between the B's and the C's. And I would say that that Sonoda is a pretty good place to do that. 13th place, you know, in the in the standings is fine. He's sort of, as you say, he's not really made an impact. Yeah, I, that's it, really. I think I think that's a good place for him, if, if you know, in, in my book. So, yeah, that's where I'm going to place him. C plus. Yeah, if we're looking at Sonoda with our sort of positive spectacles on, we can see that he's very close to his teammates, and once again, he's had reliability issues, so he's probably doing part for the course for what is a slightly worse Alpha Tauri pack than last year. But you're right in so far that an eighth place finish is good, but he's not really set the world alight. And when you consider that someone like Daniel Kvyat was kicked out of the sports um, because they're making way for this young new talent that's going to blow everyone away, and we saw how well he did in testing, and he was heralded as this great sort of F1 driver, which I have no doubt he will be when he sort of matures and is able to become more consistent. But he's not, as you say, done anything to blow me away. So if I'm giving Gasly a six, I'd give Sonoda a five. Yeah, and it's a shame really that they've both been plagued by those 
those problems um th- mm. so so far and i suppose i have to give sonoda a little bit of leeway because in you know saturday we didn't even start um but yeah mm. i think i think that's a pretty good place for them um so far and we you know we really do hope that the alpha towery teams have picked themselves up a bit because they they kind of i think always punched above their weight so far um as mm. they as they've been on the sport so i guess that's this is just the topsy-turvy nature of you know brand new regulations and brand new rules but I mean, the next driver on our list here, Fernando Alonso. I mean, if you just looked at this on paper, Tom, and I said, Fernando Alonso, Alpine, two points. Esteban Ocon, seventh place. Alpine, 20 points. You would, Mad, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't add up. So, Not at all. Surely, at this, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to look past the, the, the paper notes, if you'd like. And, and I think, to some extent, this is definitely not um, Alonso's fault. In Saudi Arabia, he, he DNF'd. And in the Australian Grand Prix, his engine locked up on him. Bahrain, he, he only managed to, to finish ninth. He's, you know, they've, they've had so many problems. Again, glass cannon. Another glass cannon car. And it seems to be only Alonso who's really faced this. So... I would say, look, I've got to look past that. And actually, those moments of brilliance. Australia, he was on a pole position lap. Absolutely, Absolutely. fantastic. In Saudi yep. Arabia, fighting past Ocon, getting past those cars. And and I'm really, again, punching above his weight. Absolutely fantastic. So I think I, this is one of those times where I'm going to have to put the, 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 the raw numbers away and, and go by actually just his performance because we cannot do it justice you know if i just said well he's you know 14th in the standing so i'm gonna give him a a, a b plus um archon also got a b plus so i think that's pretty fair i'm not paying favorites out of the two drivers i think alonso is demonstrating why he is in the sport still and i imagine once they've got that reliability issue sorted they're going to continue going up I mean, Alpine have got a great car this year and the upgrades they're bringing look to be really, really strong. They've got a mm-hmm. fantastic floor of their car. Uh, they, you know, it seems to be a less than four kilos, if I read that correctly, which is amazing. It demonstrates how light carbon fiber it is. Um, so I think Alpine are setting their drivers up well, but that engine, it's fast, but it just keeps playing absolute havoc for the, the, the drivers. So Ocon B+, Alonso B+, but I think they're getting B pluses for different reasons. I'd say Alonso is hot, um, and so, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I think Alonso's really been plagued by bad luck, as you say. He was in the points before DNFing uh, in Saudi Arabia, and it looked like both Alpines were on for good points finishes and could even go after the Mercedes, which is a testament to the raw pace they have, but the reliability, as you say, is really plaguing them, and particularly Alonso there. I'd give him a 7 because I think he's... Um, it's, it's difficult for me to give him the equal score to Ocon considering how far down he is versus him. But as you say, he's not sort of the millstone round Alpine's neck. He's doing a good job there. There could be a few cases in the future where we see him fighting for podiums on merit alone and getting the rub of the green in terms of qualifying and qualifying very high as well. So, um, yeah, bad luck so far, but I've no doubt he'll rise up and be in the top 10 by the end. I suppose sort of... And looking at someone in 14th, you got someone that suffered reliability issues and not been very consistent in terms of finishes and the like. And then looking down to 15th place, uh, Wang Yuzhou there, coming in for his debut season in Formula 1. And if you'd have told me that after three races he'd have scored a single point and then also just been outside of the points 
equally with 11th places, going 10th, 11th, 11th, in a car that's 6th in the Constructors' Championship versus Valtteri Bottas, who's a seasoned uh, Formula 1 driver and somebody who we expect very highly of. You know, it's not easy as we look at someone like Schumacher, we look at Sonoda, who we spoke about, Stroll, Latifi, all the people that have come in from Formula 2 to Formula to Formula 1, making that jump up to the big league and struggling really in either being up there, getting high points or being down there, down low and getting what, an 18th or 19th place finish at best at times really hats off to Joe because there are many people that said oh he's only getting in because of his money and it's fair to say that the sponsorship money that comes with Joe is obviously a huge reason why he's brought on but there's no doubt that he is not a paid driver there's a lot of talent there as well you know scoring points in your first ever Formula 1 race consistency as well obviously the kit has helped him massively but if he's going to continue on like this and be just in the points or just out of it, I think you've got to say hats off to the man and congratulations. So, so far, so good. I'll admit the bar was somewhat low, as I've suggested earlier. So I'd say in that regard, I'd give him a probably a probably an 8 out of 10, really, because I think he's done such a great job for his first season. Carl, you're just a big Joe fan. We've got a big Joe Guan Yu fan. <laughs> uh well okay well i don't know i'm not sure i not sure i'm giving that that high score for me he is certainly performing as i'd expect someone to be in the, their first season i was it would have been nice and i always want this when a new driver comes into the sport to sort of take it by storm uh, but i guess that's just because we have once in a generation drivers you know such i mean remember lewis hamilton came into the sport and was just absolutely terrifying in the fact that his performances were just fantastic from the get-go i mean just to just to be that good from the start i suppose uh fogs the mind and, and as it clouds the judgment so i'm not i'm not gonna be kind i don't think i'm gonna say he's a, as, as, as high as an a i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a b he's exactly where he should be uh it's a, it's a decent car underneath him and i want him to get better as the season goes on again i wouldn't say i would say he's he's not hot nor hot as a as a performance it, it's sort of in the middle um i don't know but i don't know what we're calling that in terms of hot or not <laughs> what is it tom is it it's just lukewarm tepid. Tepid. <laughs> <laughs> he's another one of our tepid drivers um so you know nice if he picks himself up um and and unfortunately now we're getting to the bottom of the standings and moving on from from joe guan yu down to alexander albon in in the williams I mean, Williams's car is a dog this year, which is so annoying. Oh, the yeah. Derilton capital behind them were expecting big things. But saying that, in Australia, they pulled out a blinder of a strategy. If you weren't watching it, they kept Alexander Albon on the same pair of tyres. He was <laughs> a tyre whisperer throughout the yeah. entire race. He kept them going. And every time there was a safety car, I was thinking, they got to pit him. They've got to bring him in for a new set of tyres. But no, they kept him out on track position. And then on the last lap, they could they could pit him. They pitted him, put on a pair of softs. And in fairness to him, I realise now, if they'd pit him one lap before Tom so he could have an out lap, he could have yeah. beaten um, the fastest lap to pick up an extra point because he finished in 10th place. Damn. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. fantastic. I've, I've, I've not seen that ever really that that strategy work i mean ocon finished the turkish grand prix last year on the same set of tires he started on but those were intermediates those are heavy traded tires and it's possible to mm -hmm. do that 
But Albon nursed his tyres to the last lap and he got out just in front of, of Zhou Guan Yu, I believe, and got that 10th place. It was a shame they didn't pit him a little bit earlier because maybe they could have got that fastest lap. But Alex is doing brilliantly for a Williams. And you might be thinking, but hold on a minute, Tristan. He said it. You're saying he's, you know, down at the bottom end of the standings. Well, yeah, he's in 16th place with a point. And that's all that matters. He's got himself a point. He's shown his talent again in that Williams, which is a bit of a dog at the moment. So, I, I well, Tom, I'm going to have to give him a, a B plus in terms of his his performance. And I think that's really fair on him. I think he's doing a really good job so far. I, I wish him all the luck at the moment. I'm come on, Williams, get your act together. Got to <laughs> pull out something better than than hoping that you can whisper your tires to the uh, the end of the end of the race you know because you know let's face it that that was i reckon half luck but alex is is making his own luck he's doing really well so yeah b plus i'd be tempted to chuck him into the a but i'm, I'm not sure I, i'm not sure i can do that because he's so low in the standings <laughs> but guys he's, he's got he's doing well this year I think. yeah definitely i think p13 p14 and p10 finishes are kind of where williams are going to be for the rest of the season i think fighting out with aston martin for that wooden spoon in the constructors and a point like that in as you say a real dog of a car and such great strategy from albon a fella who's had you know, not great luck in terms of formula one in the past been out of it for a year i can't say i was expecting too much from him uh, particularly because they were losing George Russell and we think Albon is now the lead driver as such in terms of the Williams team. But I think he's done a good job, uh, as I say there, and I'd give him I'd give him a 7, I'd say. I think he's showing his worth, showing his talent, and showing that he could be a really valuable asset moving forwards uh, for Williams, really. Not set the world alight, but he's, he's done a good job in difficult circumstances. So, plaudits to him again, really. And then going down, we've got Mick Schumacher here, who's only featured in two races after that horrendous crash in mm. uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. But when you look at the table, you know, it doesn't really lie, no points yet. And when you compare that to Magnussen, who, as we say, has had such a stonking season uh, season opener after being out of Formula 1 for many a month you've got to look at the points with uh, Magnussen there with 12 look down to uh, Mick Schumacher with none and go granted you've only been in two races but no points in what is a good car there's no doubt about that it's not been a great start for Mick Schumacher not been a disastrous one but not one where I expected him to be without points so far so in that regard and I know how good he can be, I would give him a five. Yeah, Schumacher. I mean, we talk about sort of the shadow of Lewis Hamilton and how he's impacting the sport. I do feel for Schumacher because he's he's named after his father. He uses the his father's uh, three-letter abbreviation in the sport. And he, he closely ties himself to his dad. And yeah. that will set a bar unbelievably high because unless he matches Lewis Hamilton and his dad with seven world championships, everyone's always going to be like, wow, you weren't very good in the sport now, were you? And so <laughs> we have to take that into account. But as you say, tables don't lie. You know, He's made a few mistakes, as all rookies would. And so... Yeah, I, I'm going to give him a C. I think he's my first C driver. He's had a couple of years now. And, and Haas, you know, being in a Haas is difficult. He he was not doing very well last year. 
that I mean the Hast car was so awful last year. You know we have to forgive him for that. But I'm waiting for him to make his mark. So I would say he is he is like cool, tepid, cool to the touch. I'm not going to say he's not hot yet, <laughs> but yeah, he's certainly cool to the touch in terms of his performance. I'm 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 rooting for him. I think we all are. We're all rooting for for Mick to to show off. I just want him to show off what he can do, and and you know. It's unfortunate that he keeps making mistakes, but I tell you what, he is not making as many mistakes as the person sitting underneath him, a certain oh, yeah. Lance Stroll. Mm. And Lance is a problem driver at the moment, and there are going to be a couple as we approach the bottom of this table. Someone needs to get him some of those extra large mirrors that you fit on cars when you're towing a caravan. <laughs> you know the ones I mean? Like the, the elephant do, ear do. style ones. Because the man just does not look in his mirrors. I don't understand why he is an aversion to having any spatial awareness. In Australia, he had that battle with, with Latifi over track position to do a qualifying lap, which ended up causing a big problem for Latifi, who we'll come on to. But what is it mm. with Canadians and being accident prone at the moment? I mean, I mean, he's in a rubbish car. Let's face it. The 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 Aston Martin is not the car that they were hoping for. They are almost redesigning most of it. So, so I've heard the rumors say that they are at the very least. So hopefully that's mm-hmm. true because they can't be making it any worse. But the Silverstone team is investing huge amounts of money into their production. They're they're bringing on good talent. They're poaching engineers from the likes of red bull but lance stroll man he keeps smashing it into the walls i i, I think they're going to run out of money there is a cost cap if you don't know yeah. on on f1 to stop teams doing infinite research research and development but that cost cap applies to the cars i mean to, to give you a picture in, into how bad a weekend it was for um for the, the aston martin team they the cars i don't think made it out of one piece of any any of the um <laughs> sessions in form in, in at the weekend i mean vettel for fp1 failure and then he got fined for skating onto a motorbike um and then he missed free practice two both drivers cr- crashing f- free practice three then in qualifying stroll decided to slam into latifi um, then the, the Vettel's engineer, meanwhile, are trying to put his car together. And then the Vettel, you know, finally gets out, but can't say a decent time, which is fair enough, really. Then in the race, Vettel crashes and Stroll gets, Joe Stroll gets, you know, has, has his, um, it gets his penalty. Oh, it just, mm. just awful. And then to top up for Aston Martin and the funniest thing that came out of the weekend was the insult of the Aston Martin car. Um, safety car, which, by the way, the FIA, I don't know if you saw this, Tom, but the FIA had to release an actual statement to defend <laughs> the pace of the Aston Martin car, which I think that the best bit of it is where at the very bottom of this statement, they say the impact of the speed of the safety car on the performance of the cars following is a secondary consideration as the impact <laughs> is equal amongst all competitors. So basically they're saying, yes, we know the car is slow, but it's okay because it's slow for all the drivers. Absolutely mm. fantastic. So yeah, the Aston Martin car is a turtle and the cars aren't much better. <laughs> Lance Stroll seems to be, I don't know, he needs to go back to driving school. Look at his bloody mirrors because it's ridiculous. He's causing problems. Lance Stroll, you're, you're, wow, you're getting a D. 
you know, you're getting a D in terms of the your performance from me. Definitely not hot performance at the moment. Yeah, that's all I have to say on him. Yeah, and there's no excuses now, is there, really, for Lance Stroll? He's been in the sport now for five years, since 2017, and we're always told that he would improve, and we saw flashes of it, really, with racing points. But if Aston and Martin are serious about wanting to be Constructors' Championships and wanting to be able to win drivers' championships, they cannot do this with Lance Stroll in that team. I think now that Mazepin's gone, you really see him and Latifi under the magnifying glass because it's all good to bring money in. But as you say, with the cost cap there and the fact we've already seen Haas having to withdraw Mick Schumacher, not only owing to the injuries sustained by his crash at Saudi Arabia, but the fact that cost them £1 million or dollars to repair... It just shows how costly, literally how costly, pranks can be. And, you know, Stroll is now, as I say, meant to be somebody who's experienced in Formula 1, meant to have shown his worth. And we questioned it last year about how he, how, how he had a rather um, average or nothing season. Well, it looks like he sort of picked that up, really, and, that, and carried that on. Yes, he's been consistent, but who gives a damn if you're outside the points? Because a 12th or 13th place and a 12th place again is nothing to anyone. And we see uh, Aston Martin struggling in terms of the product that they've been able to produce this year. But with Sebastian Vettel being out for two races and having to retire in the third one... You need Lance Stroll there to go and really pull the team up by the bootstraps and show why he's there. If anything, he's done the exact opposite because you've got someone in Nico Hulkenberg, who's a reserve driver, who's hardly done too much Formula One racing, (laughs) beating him in Saudi Arabia. I know. It's it's, it's incredible, isn't it? It's ridiculous. And, you know, Nico Hulkenberg on the official F1 standings sits behind Lance Stroll, but... For the sake of, of, of continuity for the rest of the season, I don't think we're going to talk about him. We've said I want to implement Sebastian Vettel in that 19th place there. That's the sound mm. effect, by the way, of me putting uh, Sebastian <laughs> Vettel into that place. Um, yeah, it's radio, so we can we, we have the best sound effects here. Um, Sebastian Vettel. I, I'm putting him, by the way, on top of Nicholas Latifi, which I think tells you everything you know about <laughs> my opinion on Latifi at the moment. But Sebastian Vettel, yeah, missed two races because of COVID crashes out in that out you know that Aston Martin and then crashes out in the race as well caused a whole load of problems for the team but I think that's forgivable perhaps because it's his first race in Formula One for quite a while my worry is though Tom is 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 he gonna leave is this is this the end for Sebastian Vettel after this season hmm. I mean would you would you want to keep going so for me no I'd I'm going I'm going to be nice. I'm going to say I'm going to give him a C, a C minus. I'm going to put him ahead of Lance Stroll because at least he doesn't take other people out with him. But what a what a way to fall out the sport compared, you know, he's a, a four-time world champion. He is in our intro. You know, that's the kind of impact he's had on the sport. You know, I, I hold him up in the in, you know, into the same sort of light as people like Frangio in Lewis Hamilton, Sebastian Vettel. You know, he, even even you know Max Verstappen, he's a fantastic driver with abundance of talent, and I just want him to be like Alonso. Yes, he might not be fighting for wins all the time. Yes, he might have problems with the car, but at least he's doing something. He's he's still in the fight. And Vettel even said that he's not gonna be like Kimi Raikkonen. He's not just gonna be driving for the sake of it. And I commend him for that. And so I have this horrible feeling that that Sebastian Vettel is going to hang up his boots at the end of this 
which is a shame because as a person around the paddock, he is such a nerd. He is such a, a spirit. He's so funny and just is a fantastic talent. And we were, I suppose, citing that he was going to be able to train Stroll and help him. But Stroll seems to be a bit of a lost cause at the moment. Aston Martin seems to be a bit of a lost cause at the moment. Sebastian Vettel, I'm I'm hoping because we've only had one race to assess his performance. I'm hoping he manages to do something interesting with his with the with the team, helps develop them. But I don't know. I, I I'm gonna give him that C minus. I would say his performance of the weekend was not hot. Massive kudos to the engineers though at Aston Martin, who had I think the they earned their money superb performances for them getting Sebastian Vettel out into into qualifying repairing the cars over and over again it's not fair on them that they had to repair every time um the 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 drivers crash the cars so yeah i i think they should definitely get bonuses um even if the car is is <laughs> not very good you know they're doing the best that they can yeah, the pressure's on for Vettel, I feel. Yes, he's had COVID and missed two races and retired after that weird crash, but he's now got to go and prove his worth to Aston Martin that he is the driver of old and he can drag that car up, kicking and screaming, as Kimi Raikkonen did for many years without Fromeo and as uh, Alonso did last season as well. And once again, flip that round, there's pressure on Aston Martin to prove to Vettel that they are worth sticking around or they're worth being together still because we understand that the contract between the, the two of them does have an option for Vettel to leave and he's absolutely right to go and say that he doesn't want to be in the sport unless he's going to be in a competitive car and at the moment Aston Martin looks anything but a competitive car at this current point in time and I wouldn't say the pressure's on Stroll because Stroll's a lost cause and um, I don't expect much too too much from him but I expect you know a fair amount from Vettel and it's unfortunate really that after three races I'm expecting to go out there and go and prove his worth and to hit the ground running almost if you will after uh, after all, all these sort of issues he's had to deal with in Imola I, I feel he can do this I don't feel he'll be finishing the driver's championship uh, in 19th or 20th place but um yeah a, re a disastrous way to start really uh, the, the season and I think We've spoken about Stroll, haven't we, and how, yeah. you know, in many regards, he's a lost cause and how he's not showing his worth after many a year. Well, I feel you've got to put Nicholas Latifi, who's currently <laughs> plumb last in <laughs> yeah. the uh, Drivers' Championship, into that bracket as well. Because I was told, you know, time and time again by one or two people that, oh, Latifi's not that bad. Mm. He's actually quite good, you know. He's, he's actually, you know, he scored more points than Russell did at Hungary, so he mm. must be good. I mean, come off it. The fella <laughs> spends more time in the wall than he does on the track. And it, it begs the question again, similar to Stroll. Yes, you're bringing in the money, but if you've got very little talent to come along with that, then... With Mazepin gone, the magnifying glass goes on you and go, well, it's time to go and perform because you no longer have the excuse, I feel, of uh, Latifi Evolved that, oh, well, Williams is a really bad car. They're going to be 10th in the constructors anyway. So, you know, there we go. What can you do? Ho-hum, plumb on for the next season. When you've got Albon near the points and getting points finishes, yeah. you've got to go and join him. You, you, you can no longer just be at the back of the grid and go, well, you know, oh, woe is us. Yeah. I, and I, it begs the question, does Latifi deserve to be in the sport next year? I don't think so. What do you think? No, I, do, I don't think he does. What's your score for for Latifi? One. <laughs> <laughs> I 
oh, for God. turning up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, very quickly, because we are rapidly running out of time. Um, I think everything you need to know about the Tifi is he has an obsession with walls at the moment. He seems to be the kingmaker in the fact that he causes safety cars. He is, but he has come basically last in every single race, uh, other than those people who, you know, at the last lap they're they're pitting the drivers to make them get onto fresh tires or something. You know, he, he the TV is certainly in his own world, in his own race. He's not doing particularly well. I don't think he is currently supporting the team as much as his cash is, and that's a real shame, I think. But yeah, I, I'm going to agree. I'm going I'm going to give him. I'm going to ever give him the D minus. That's the lowest as far as I'm going to go. I think he's he's not as good as Stroll. And yeah, I I hope he sort of improves as the season goes on. Very much not hot. And yeah, mm. I'd give Piastri the seat over him any day. But, 100%. you know, this is just our our rankings, our thoughts. We'd love to hear from you what, what you think um, of our of our list and especially what you think of the drivers. You know, do you agree with us? Maybe you're a big Latifi fan. You know, is it is it really for us to judge? But you know, we're Please going to touch. anyway. Um, but if you if you're thinking, oh, I've I've missed the beginning of this hot or not, do take a look at our previous episode where we started with Claire and then went down to Hamilton. But mm. and we're going to come back to this later on in the season to well to measure up, I think, against what we've said now. And perhaps Tom will be holding our heads in shame as Nicholas Latifi gets a three <laughs> wins back to back and demonstrates his his un unfeathered talent as he you know proves his worth in in the williams but to be honest don't think it's gonna happen i think if that happens i'll have to go and quit the podcast (laughs) (laughs) and that seems that's pretty much all we've got time for in this episode of f1 in review episode eight thank you very much for tuning in whether you're listening live on river radio or via the listen back feature or via your preferred podcast provider your Apple, Spotify, Podfollows and the like. And thank you very much for listening to us uh, ramble on about part two of our Hot or Not rankings. As Tristan says, do get in touch and let us know whether they made the right decisions or the wrong ones and how they uh, age ultimately when we come to review this midway and at the end of the season. Make sure to as well follow at F1 in Review on Twitter where we will publish this episode and the ones to come as well in the following weeks. And Formula 1 is back after a one week break in terms of racing, we're going to round 4 which is in Imola. Now in terms of this one it's slightly different to uh, the 3 that came before. Qualifying which will determine the grid for the Sunday race is at 4pm on Friday, that's British summer time. Moving on to Saturday the sprint races return, that will be at 3.30 but that will not determine the grid for Sunday. However there are points on offer from P1 through to P8. P1 now will get 8 points as was not the case prior, it was only 3 so big up to uh, whoever gets the points there and uh, moves those forward into the race and ultimately brings themselves up in terms of both the drivers and the constructors championship and then on Sunday the grid that set themselves up on Friday if that makes any sense will start racing from 2pm and of course Ferrari are returning to a Italian track the first of two this year so if you're Italian this may be the year where we see a Ferrari 1-2 
owing nothing more than to raw talent and to uh, capability, particularly after how well Leclerc and Sainz did last year looking at Imola in 2021 when you consider that they finished fourth and fifth and that was in a rather different Ferrari car to what we saw uh, or expect to see, should I say, moving forwards into this race. We look forward to reviewing round four of the 2022 season in Imola and we look forward to talking all about the latest news and topics of Formula One in the next episode. But until next time, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you then. Goodbye.